Father, we thank you, God, that we, we are yours and that you are mine. Lord, so many times, God, we, we forget that simple fact that you are our Abba Father, that you are the one that we can reach out to and call to with all of our hurt and all of our pain, and you are no further away than the closeness of our heart. God, thank you so much for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, God, that he lives within our heart and he is able to bring comfort and peace. God, that doesn't make sense to the world. It doesn't make sense to anybody else, God, but it makes sense to us because we know that he is there and we see what he does in our lives. God, we praise your name for this precious word and how the Holy Spirit of God uses this word to change people's lives. God, I pray that you are glorified now in the preaching and teaching of your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can be seated. So we've been in a series on the Holy Spirit, and I am thankful. It's, it's been really good. Um, as, as I am simply like you, I, I sit back and look at the Word of God, and I look and see what God is teaching me, just like He's teaching you, and we, I just am standing in awe of what God is doing. Um, we have been in this study on, on the Holy Spirit and uh, we have turned things over to the Holy Spirit in a lot of ways. We've said, God, you do what you want to in this, this uh, particular service, in this particular way, and we're going to take everything that we had planned and we're going to throw it out the window and let you move and let you do what you want to do. And God has done great things through that, and I'm excited about what he continues to do. I am a little bit tired today, I'll have to admit. Uh, we spent Friday night at uh, Servants in Faith and Technology down in Lionville, Alabama, and uh, I slept on the ground Friday night inside a little hut. We got a visitor from what we think was a raccoon. That was a little bit exciting uh, as the guy, uh, Joe Hedgepath, was laying next to me. He starts yelling at me in the middle of the night to get out of here. Um, I didn't know why he was telling me to get out of there. I thought maybe I'd crept a little too close to maybe his sleeping bag, so he's telling me to get out of here. Uh, it turns out it was some sort of critter, whether it be a raccoon, a skunk, uh, a coyote. I don't know what it was. It likes sun chips, though. I do know that. Uh, whatever it was, it liked sun chips and Oreo cookies. So um, that was exciting, right? But it doesn't, it doesn't allow you a lot of time for sleep, uh, unfortunately. Uh, also, laying on the ground instead of a nice comfy bed with this memory foam topper, you know, it's not quite like that, but it's okay. It was good. We had a good time. I got a t-shirt. I went there. I did that. I got the t-shirt. Uh, several folks are wearing the t-shirt this morning. We um, we got a few twinsies like me that's got the same shirt on, right, John? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was really good, but I'm also a little bit tired, admittedly. We carried bricks. That was a lot of fun. I don't know if you've ever carried bricks, but that's uh, a little bit of exhausting work, but it was a lot of fun, and, and we got to see what it was like to live in places where, they, I mean, according to them, this is the way 85% of the world lives, you know, where they eat very little, they, their, their shelter is very minimal, and, and I mean, you know, we think that if we just have a couple of tacos for lunch that that's, you know, we're just surviving on the bare minimums, but there, I mean, it's like a handful of rice for dinner and maybe a handful of corn for breakfast, and that's what you would eat, you know, and it just gave us a taste for what it's like in different areas of the world. We're hoping that through that, God will kind of give us wisdom and direction for where God is taking missions here at Simple Church. That was the purpose of us going on that trip. 
And, and God is, he's, he's moving. He, and we had a worship service there in front of a campfire, and it was really good. And the Holy Spirit, he was there, and he was moving, and he's directing, and he's showing us things. And, and our eyes are being opened, and we're just so thankful. We've been talking about in this series some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. We talked about initially how the Holy Spirit came uh, into the, the apostles, the, the, the disciples of Jesus that were with, there with Jesus, and they were all in a circle, and fire poured down from heaven, and, and it just landed on each and every one of them. And we talked about how one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is it feels. Now, I'm going to be reading to you from a particular book of the Bible, but we're not going to go there yet because I'm just going to read it to you, and then we're going to go, and we're going to show it up on the screen. But I want you to just, because if I tell you where it is, you'll go ahead and start flipping. Where is that again? Oh, no, that's the New Testament. Uh, now, let me go this way. Now, I just want you to listen for just a minute. It'll be okay. I'll tell you where it is in a second because we're going to continue in just a minute. Some of you will recognize right off the bat where it's from because this happens to be some of my favorite verses. And... and um, I almost told you where it was. I almost ruined it. This, if you're wanting to know like some stuff about the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he does and how he does it and all that kind of stuff, you need to go to this particular chapter in the Bible. I'm not going to tell you right now. You'll find out in a minute. You can write it down. This is what it says. Now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, some of you know where that is, and that's good. But some of you, hopefully, by the end of this, this message today, you'll remember where it is. And if you have questions about the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he does and how he changes lives and the things, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, maybe you'll remember to go to this particular place in the Bible and read about him I'm just going to read you the first sentences of each one of the, the, the little paragraphs, and I want you to just let this sink in with you. It says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the power of the Spirit has set us free from sin and death. One of the ministries of the, power, of the Holy Spirit is to set us free. It's freedom. Some people don't look at the Holy Spirit that way. They, they seem as some mysterious being that, that causes you to do crazy things and Yes, indeed, he causes you to do some supernatural things. I was told recently that some people are freaked out by that word supernatural, and they're like, supernatural freaks people out, Kenny. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not, but when you say supernatural, people are like, I don't know about that. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God causes you to do supernatural things. And one of the things it does is it sets you free. It gives you power over sin and death. I don't know if you realize how powerful sin and death are, but they're pretty doggone powerful. And to have power over sin and death, that's the only way that comes is that's gotta come through God. He's the only one that can have power over sin and death. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to set you free and to give you the power to overcome sin and death. And we hear that and we're like, that's good, but we should be screaming, that's good, man. Power over sin and death, I've always wanted that. That's like the best Christmas gift ever. That's great stuff, man. Power over sin and death. And that is what it says. The Holy Spirit, the ministry, the Holy Spirit does gives us power over sin and death. In verse 5 of this chapter that remains anonymous. <laughs> those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit... Think about things that please the Spirit. Changes your mindset too, right? 
Your mind is all of a sudden focused on different things. You're able to focus your, your attention on things that please God as opposed to things that please your flesh. He's a mind changer. He's, he does good stuff, sets you free, changes your mind. He, he does lots of good stuff. It says, verse 9 of this mysterious chapter, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Once again, freedom changes what controls you, changes your mindset, changes your thinking. You're no longer controlled by the sinful nature. The Spirit controls you if the Spirit lives in you. He goes on to say, verse 12 of this particular chapter, Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to what your sinful nature urges you to do. It removes your obligation to fulfill the desires of your flesh and your sinful nature. It, it removes that. See, sometimes we feel like, man, the, the, the sinful nature is pulling me so far in this direction, I feel obligated to follow what it's telling me to do. The Holy Spirit removes that and says, you don't have to anymore. I have set you free so you don't have to follow that anymore. You can follow the Spirit of God and it, it lives within you. He is right there and he's, he's moving and speaking and he's trying to tell you something. He's trying to tell you something. Yeah, I, I think that most people overlook this so much, that, that the Spirit of God is constantly speaking to you. You recognize that, right? That the Spirit of God, if He lives within you, He's constantly telling you something. Now let me tell you, the more Scripture you memorize, and the more Scripture you know, and the more that you come to church, the more the Holy Spirit is able to use Scripture to tell you something. What he does is he brings things to your mind. Oh, I read that. Kenny talked about that last week. Oh, I remember when Kenny said this, or I remember when I read this, or we studied in our small groups. I remember that. The more you do it, the more the Holy Spirit is able to use those things. Say, don't you remember? This is what God says. I know what your flesh says, but this is what God says. And the Holy Spirit uses those things. And you're no longer obligated to the flesh. That's what it says in verse 15. You... So you have received the Spirit. You have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful sl slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Oh, that's the best part. Oh, that's the best part. Amen. You know what the Spirit does? The Spirit reminds you, I'm His. I belong to Him. God is my Father. Can you not think of a sweeter testimony than that? A sweeter ministry than that? That the Spirit of God would say, you're set free. You're not obligated to the flesh anymore. God says, you're mine. You belong to me. Does that not bring cold chills to your skin? Does that not speak to your soul, to the Holy Spirit of God and say, you mean I'm his? You mean I belong to, to him? The one that created the very water that's in this baptistry? I belong to him? The, the one who made it rain yesterday and this morning, I belong to him. 
the one that tells the oceans where to stop and where the land to begin, I belong to him? The Holy Spirit says, yes. You're mine. And I'm yours. And it even takes it a step farther. Says, he says, I'm not just your father. He says, you can call out to me and call me Abba Father. Daddy. A, a term of endurement. Just like, man, you have a relationship that makes you so close to him. That is an amazing ministry of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need these, Kenny? Why do we need these ministries of the Holy Spirit? I think you know. Here at Simple Church, we don't make it complicated. It's pretty simple. Because life gets hard sometimes, right? Life gets real hard sometimes. People die. People get sick. Husbands leave. Wives leave. Parents leave. Friends stab you in the back. Life gets real hard, doesn't it? We desperately need that Holy Spirit to remind us. You're His. He's yours. I didn't pick out this song that they sang. God did. God did. I had no idea they were singing this song right before this message started. But this is exactly what the Word of God says. You are mine. And I am yours. I haven't even gotten into the message yet. <laughs> it's so good. I, I probably could spend six months preaching on Romans chapter 8, which is where we are. Feel free to turn there if you like. You have it up on the screen so you don't have to look in your Bible if you don't want to. If you'd rather look up here, that's perfectly fine. We had to look at, at these things that the, the Holy Spirit does, and we've looked at them over the past several weeks. We looked at how He moves and how he changes our life and how he reminds us that we are children of God. And if you want to be reminded of that, please, please, please go and read Romans chapter 8 on your own. As a matter of fact, let me encourage you that every time I preach anything up here, you go read it on your own. Because you don't need to just believe what I say. You need to believe what you understand the word of God to say. We've got too many people and, and too many pastors telling people they need to do this. You just need to come to church and let you hear what I say. And I would tell you, you need to do the opposite. I, I think you need to do that. You need to read the, God of, the Word of God first. And then you might come and listen to what Kenny has to say about it. Because I'm just one man's opinion about the, what the Word of God says. You realize that, right? You know who's a lot better at telling you what the Word of God says than Kenny Nix? The Holy Spirit of God. He's a whole lot better than me. As a matter of fact, he's God. He wrote it. He knows what it says, and he can teach you through it. Go read it for yourself. It's a lot better than listening to me. I can assure you it is. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 15. This is what it says. This, it says life gets hard. You want me to summarize verses 18 through 30, which I promise we won't stay here a long, long time, but you just need to hear this, and I need to tell you what it says. I'm going to go through some of this stuff really fast, but you need to go back and read Romans 8 yourself. If I could encourage you to do anything today, it would be go back and read Romans chapter 8 for yourself. Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 30 says, life gets hard. 
there's difficulty in life, and we need the Holy Spirit. It gave us the ministries of the Holy Spirit leading up to verse 18. Now we see in verse 18, it begins with this. Yet we suffer. Sounds like life, doesn't it? I had a, a high school teacher. <laughs> His daughter actually goes to this church. I had a high school teacher that told me that life is suffering. And I didn't really believe him because I was a stupid teenager. But life, in a lot of ways, is suffering, right? In this mortal flesh that we have, the desires of the sinful nature, uh, our longing for the, the time to come to be with Jesus, like this life really does look like suffering in a lot of, a lot of ways. But there's good news. <laughs> oh, there's, like, you should read the second half of the verse. This is better at the second half than it is the first half. So the first, it says, yet we suffer now. There's nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. I want you to understand the people that he's talking to here. In Rome, they would like kill you because you believed in Jesus. And they would condemn you and crucify you and stick you on a pole or set you on fire or feed you to animals. They would do like really bad stuff for you to you because you were a Christian and you professed to be a Christian. If you read Romans, you go on and on and on and see that, that, G, that, that Paul is telling them that they need to profess Jesus as Lord even in, in spite of the fact that they'll probably kill him for doing so. And he's telling them right now, he says, you suffer now. You suffer now. But he went, he's told them at the beginning of chapter 8, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's trying to take our minds off the condemnation that they suffer right now and look at the eternal perspective and trying to get their minds off of right now, how bad they're hurting right now, and saying, you need to see that there's no condemnation long term for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's how we see chapter 8 kind of continuing on. For all creation, this is everybody. This is the world. This is every person in the world. It says, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who, is his, who his children really are. He's gonna, there's going to be an uncovering. And everybody that, that, that thought they were a Christian, they're going to know whether they are or not. You, you're going to get that chance, by the way. If you say, I wonder if I'm a Christian or not. We're going we're to tell you how you can know. It, it's really simple. Uh, I, I'm not going to give you the verse yet because you'll go and look at it. But you want to know if you're a Christian. I'm going to tell you today. I'm going to tell you today, he says, there's going to be an uncovering. You're going to be able to see. And those who think they're a Christian, they're going to know for sure. And those that know they're a Christian, they're going to know for sure. It's going to be revealed. You're going to see it. For some of you, you're like, man, that's going to be a good day. When it is uncovered and it's seen who I really am, and it's seen that, that, man, that I love God, I gave it away. There it is. It's seen that I, that I love God. It's going to be a good day when I'll be able to just be close to him. And I'll just be able to love him face to face. You know, it's going to be a good day. But there's some of you that are going, man, I don't know if I'm a Christian. So when it's uncovered, whether I'm not or I am, it's not going to be such a good day. Oh, I, I, I'm scared for you. If that's you, I, I'm scared for you. And if you're scared for you, Resolve it. Resolve, I mean, get it straightened out. Come pray. Come seek God's face. 
Now, now your pride will probably try to keep you from doing that. Your pride will probably let you sit there in your pew and, your pew, we don't have pews, chair, and do nothing. You'll probably sit there and go, this is, this is a joke, this is not real. He's not really talking to me. God, the word of God is not really speaking to me. The Holy Spirit is really not twisting my heart as I ask myself, am I really a Christian or not? So I'm just gonna stay there and this feeling will go away. The feeling may go away. The feeling may go away. You're right. But the truth will never go away. There's going to be an uncovering and a revealing, and the truth will be there. Whether or not you accept the truth or you deny the truth, the truth's still going to be there. I hope and pray that if that's you, you'll resolve this issue in your heart and you will come to Jesus today. It says, for all of creation is waiting eagerly for the day when God will reveal who his children really are against his will. All creation is subject to God's curse, but with, with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will be, joins God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So he said, all of creation is groaning. All of creation is aching for God to return, for God to be here, for this uncovering to happen, for, for, for death and sin to be no more on this creation. The, the rocks are even crying out for that. All of creation is crying out, groaning in agony and pain and suffering. Life is suffering. It's painful. It's hurtful. The influences that we encounter every single day of our life, they hurt they draw us away from the things of God. And it's like inside of you, if you have the Holy Spirit of God, it's like, oh. That's all you can know to say is just, ah. And you know what I'm talking about. You know that, 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 that the world that we live in is just crying out for one day to be set free from all of this. It says, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us for, as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our fully, give us our full rights as adopted children, including the new bodies as he promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't, need to hope for it, but if we look forward to something, we don't have it yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. This is what he says. He says, he says the Holy Spirit that, that dwells within us, the Holy Spirit that tells us that we're adopted as children, the Holy Spirit that, that encourages us and says to your soul, you're mine and I'm his. He says, it, it also it also reminds us that there is a future hope. There's a future hope that one day you will shed the sinful flesh. There, there will come a day when you have a resurrected, newly created body. When God returns, when he, Jesus brings his kingdom to this earth, and there's a new heaven and a new earth, and all things are created new, and there's no more suffering and no more tears and no more crying. The Holy Spirit is what reminds you that day is coming. That day is coming. So if you think about what the Holy Spirit is doing, not only is he saying, you're mine and I'm his, it's also telling you, hang on. 
Hey, I know you're suffering. I know, I know your, your flesh is crying one way and, 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 and your spirit is crying another. I know that the, the, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. I know that. But just hang on. You see, we have such a short-sighted view, don't we? We look so right here, right now, all the time. You, and, and we think that we got it bad, y'all. I mean, we think that we got really... I mean, we, you know, people make fun of us or they call us one of those, you know, Bible thumpers or, you know, like people look at us like we're crazy and that's okay because I don't care about that. That crazy guy that gets up there and preaches on Sunday morning in blue jeans and a t-shirt, you go to that church, you know, you go and you sing praises to the same God that they sing praises to. I don't care. The Holy Spirit of God tells me what is truth. And the Holy Spirit directs my heart. And I really don't care what anybody else says. I really don't. Because the Holy Spirit that dwells within me says, you know what matters? It's the hope that I give you for one day to come. Some, some of you are hurting really bad right now. Like you got stuff going on in your life and you're like, nobody knows about it but God and it hurts really bad. And some of you are trying to do it without the Holy Spirit. Some of you are trying to, to manage through it and just, you know, kind of walk along and, and try to be close to people that are godly as opposed to having God dwelling within you and you're trying to make it work out and you still don't have the hope. That's why when I tell you that there will be an uncovering one day who is a Christian and who is really not, it's why it makes you nervous. It makes you nervous because you're like, I don't know if I have that hope. I don't know if I have that. Verse 21, 26 says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know well, God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father knows, who knows all the hearts, who knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. This is what he says. When you... As believers, and this is why I don't understand why people would want to do this without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit living within them. I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I get that the pride thing keeps you away, and I know that, that you want to, like, ignore it so you don't feel guilty, all that kind of junk. But, like, I wish I could just tell you enough times how good it is to have the Holy Spirit and not have to do it, like, all on your own. I keep telling people that, and some people listen. Man, it is good. And they come down and say, I need to be a Christian because... I've done it my way all this time, and it really stinks. I come up empty every time, and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, I just know in my heart that, it, that I'm doing things that, that it's not the way God wants me to do. And I go, why don't you do it with the Holy Spirit? Why, why are you going to sit there and not, and not just come? I don't understand. This is the Holy Spirit. This is, oh, wow, this is good. You know what he says? He says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That's a big churchy word for he comes in and he prays for us and he goes to God for us. He says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. 
with groanings that we can't even understand with our own ears. I mean, like, you know how you hurt so bad sometimes that you can't even put it into words? You know what I'm talking about? Where you're just like, it's so deep within you that you don't even, you don't even know how to, how to reconcile it in your own mind so you can tell somebody how bad you're hurting? You ever been in that place where it's just like things keep building on you and building on you and building on you and you're like, I don't know what to do besides just cry my eyes out? There's been so many times in my life, especially when my daughter was dying, that I just had to fall at an altar and I couldn't even talk verbally to God. I couldn't even get words out of my mouth. All I could do was cry and open my mouth and it was like, I can't say anything. I can't say anything. Nothing will come out. And the Holy Spirit was going, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're hurting for. I know how, how what's inside of you is groaning. And I'm going to God for you with that. I don't know why anybody would want to do it another way. Think about this. Jesus bridged the gap from us and our sinful nature to be able to get to God. He interceded for us. He, he, he was the, the bridge. He, he, he made the difference so that we could get to God. He made the sacrifice so that we, if we trust in him and believe in him, that, that we could get to God. Like You know that there's no other religion that says that, right? All the other religions, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, all of that, it's about God. Uh, you know, living outside this, this box. Like, we're in this box, right? This is us and our universe and all the things that we know, and God is out here in this box. And all their religions say that you gotta do the right things, take these right steps. You can, you, you gotta, the Buddhists say you gotta find the way, and they got these steps you need to take in order to find the way, and they're all about getting to God. They're all about us trying to get to God. Well, the difference between that and Christianity is that, that God came to us. In the person of Jesus Christ, instead of us trying to do these things and try to get to God, God came to us. Do you realize how different that makes everything? I mean, it changes everything. Jesus said, send me, you know? I mean, we, we talk all the time about Isaiah saying, that, send me, I'll go. Jesus looked at the Father and said, send me, I'll go. And he came to us and he bridged the gap so that he could meet us where we are in our sinful condition. In our worst of our worst of our awful condition that we're in, he met us there. He says, you can get to God now. If you trust in me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. I am the way to get to the Father. God came to us so that we could get to him. And now, now, so he does that. And now he installs himself in our hearts so that when we forget who we belong to, he reminds us. So when we feel like we're bound, he sets us free. So we feel like we're, we're empty, he fills us up. And he says, when you can't even speak, I'm speaking for you. And I don't know why people don't want to do it that way. I don't have a clue why people want to do it that way. Listen to what it says. See, people kind of misuse this verse, and maybe you misunderstood me sometimes, and I use this verse. It says in verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together 
for those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. You know what's going to be uncovered one day? I gave it away a little earlier. You know what's going to be uncovered one day? Whether or not you love God. I've, I've preached many sermons before. And I asked the question, do you love God? And you would be so surprised at the number of people that came forward and said, I need to be saved because I don't love God. Can you imagine a more fundamental, simple question than that? Do you love God? Do you love God? If we were to take away all the superficiality, if we were to take away, no matter how dressed up or how dressed down you are, if we were to take that away and you were to just be standing there and your heart is revealed before an almighty God, is the, is the evidence there that I love God? I love God. That's the question that will be asked one day. Do I love God? One of the ways you can know that, John 14, 15 says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you'll never sin. It doesn't mean that. It means that the Holy Spirit of God is installed in you and it's hard for you to sin. It means that when you feel bound by sin, that you remember that He has set you free. It reminds you that there is a hope for a day to come when there will be no more sin. And no more death, and no more crying, and no more pain. And people choose to do it another way. I hope you won't choose that. I hope you will just fall on your face and say, God, I am weak before you. Because it says the Holy Spirit comes to us and intercedes for us when we are weak. We are weak. You know how I have to approach God? In weakness. In humility. On the verge of death. Say, God, your way in my life. Father, God, there are people here, Lord, that are hurting. God, there are people that, that don't know what's going on in their life. They don't know why they're hurting. They feel the forces of this world pressing in against them. God, they see their sin pushing them towards things that break your heart. God, I pray that you would set them free from their sin and from death through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray if there's a single person God, that doesn't know you and doesn't have a relationship with you, that knows that if everything were taken away and they were stand, standing there on their own with nothing to show but their heart, would their heart say that I love God? Would, I, would their heart show that they love God, they love the things that he says? Maybe there's somebody here, and God, they know that the reality is they don't love God. God, help them to have courage and boldness to st stand and say yes to God. Lord, I, I can feel your Holy Spirit directing me to have people to stand if they love God, but they want a relationship because they, don't, they know that they don't have a relationship. They want to love you even though they don't right now. God, I, I just pray for those people. I'm going to give them an invitation to stand, Lord, and if nobody stands, that's okay. 
What I care most about is your Holy Spirit and what your Holy Spirit is saying right now. And God, there's some people in here that need to stand and surrender their heart and life to Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, as, as we spoke about your word and how there will be an uncovering and the fact that they don't love you, God, it will be revealed one day. I, I pray, Lord, for those people that they would have the courage to stand. I had no idea that today you were going to do this, Father, but I trust you and I trust your way. Lord, I pray that that person, that, that their heart is pounding, God, that they know that they need to stand for Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that they would have the boldness to do that today. God, please, please move with your Holy Spirit. He is good and he is gracious. In Jesus' name, amen.